Hey kid, do you want to watch an after school special that has boobs? Uh, I don't know if I can watch that. But there's murder. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Hey you young boys, you can't be going podcasting. It's cursed. Uh, what? I said the podcast's got a death curse on it. What do you mean it has a curse? It puts a death curse. Yeah, what are you even talking about, old man? Because uh, normally you show up at the beginning of things Yeah. to let people know. Sure, it's the beginning of this episode, but typically in a slasher movie, you would show up towards the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. This is our third episode. Yeah, we're already 3D. Oh, yeah. So uh, kick rocks, old man. You ready to talk some movies, Brennan? Yeah, okay. Well, let's go! Welcome to the Corrupted Youth Podcast. I'm Dan. I'm Brennan. And this is part three of our three-part summer slasher camp series, where every movie was chosen by members of our Facebook group, The Dongle Den. There's a video in there if you want to If you want to see the voting if process. If you really do. It doesn't matter at this point, because we're on our third one. And since we didn't personally pick them, and there were some questions about... The validity of the slasherness mm-hmm. of these movies that were picked. We came up with a system, five tropes each, and if it gets a majority, it's a slasher. So far, it's 0 for 2. Great slasher camp. No <laughs> slashers yet. But very enjoyable movies. Definitely. Motel Hell and The House of the Devil both were good movies. Yes. We really enjoyed them. Yes. Just not slashers. Not slashers. But maybe we'll get lucky today. Oh, maybe. Because today we are covering Night Screams. And this one was picked out of a hat or sack, I guess. We had a, yeah. we had a sack. Uh-huh. And it's uh, Richard from Hello, This is the Doom Show, another excellent podcast. It was his choice. And that's what we drew. That's what we're covering. And man, Richard, you did not disappoint. <laughs> I was yeah. like, anything he suggests is going to just check off certain boxes mm-hmm. of wackiness and just what the hell is going on here. Right. And man, it, it did it did the whole time. So first time viewing for both of us. Mm-hmm. That's always exciting. Yeah. And I, I'm going to say this right now. I was going to save it to the end, but I'm surprised this movie is not more well known. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing. Just for the sheer amount of breasts in this movie. Yeah. There are so many boobs. Mm-hmm. Richard, you made my son have to see lots and lots of boobs. This is like the most boobs I've seen probably since a Porky's movie. Or an adult film. But apparently that's where they all come from. Yeah. Yeah. They just spliced them in. I don't even understand. <laughs> I don't get it either. 
it was very excessive. Oh yeah, just this this movie has a lot of boob filler. Yeah, which I don't think I've ever seen that. It's not even that long of a movie either. No, that means like the boobs take up a high percentage of this runtime. I was really tempted to calculate the amount of on-screen boobs, but I ran out of time, and I was a little distracted by the rest of the movie. <laughs> So uh, let's get on to the IMDb info, get that out of the way, because we've got a lot to talk about. Mm-hmm. Night Screams from 1987. According to IMDb, it says, A football star throws a party for his friends. Two insane killers escape from a nearby asylum on that same night, and in their efforts to elude authorities, wind up at the party. Incorrect. Yeah. There's just things wrong with that. Yeah. Not an asylum. There's actually three guys. It's, but you know what? It's part of the whole messiness of all of this. I don't know who wrote that. If that's an official, it could have come from like the back of the DVD or VHS. VHS. Yeah, I was about to say not DVD, but yeah, because it it's just not right. No, (laughs) it's close, but it's not right. It was directed by Alan Plone, who is famous for. I think Night Screams. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, there's not really anybody. There's like one guy in this who's really even remotely famous, and that would be the guy who plays DB. No relation. But uh, yeah, he was in The Karate Kid. Oh. One and two, I think. And then also a uh, bit part in The Cobra Kai. So he's just known for Karate Kid. Yeah, but I mean, like, he's also knows martial arts, like for real. Oh. That's pretty cool. Type of thing. So, uh, yeah. I hope he gets to kick a lot of ass in this movie. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I guess I can list off. I'll just list off, like, the top six people because, like, nobody knows any of these people, but just out of respect, I guess. Yeah. So we have Joseph Paul Mano, Ron Thomas, that's the DB guy, Randy Lunsford, Megan Weiss, Jeanette Caldwell and John Hines. I guess we can say John Hines because man, that dude gets a whole lot of. Uh, I th- I think he was using this as a resume <laughs> or something. I don't know <laughs> because he had like a couple monologues in here. Yeah, it was <laughs> really weird. It's very weird. I can see him like demanding that he gets to really show some acting chops. But anyways, uh, ooh, yeah, we got a trailer. Let's listen to that right now. Let's listen to it. You betcha. Here you go, son. Asian has shown signs of violent behavior in the past, but these have been brought under control. With proper medication, the patient can function normally and productively in society. I hereby order the patient released. Did you hear about the party? Mind blown. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) And why wouldn't it be? Yeah. 
So I think we're probably going to do a little bit more of an actual rundown this time because it almost needs to go through. You, you almost have to do it that way. Otherwise, you're going to miss out on some fun bits. Like, for example, 34 seconds into this movie, boobs. Yeah. And a jump scare. But this is all actually a movie. And it is a real movie, too. Oh, really? That they were watching, yes. It is Graduation Day. And so the whole kind of opening part of this movie is a couple watching a movie and just kind of hanging out, drinking coffee at night, because whatever, I don't think it really matters. And um, yeah, the man looks like Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> he does. Oh my God. <laughs> There's a whole lot of somebody looks like somebody in this movie. There's just times where I just kind of wrote, characters names down i was like i don't know who this guy is so i'm just gonna write down who he looks like right away Mm -hmm. and um so this couple they're watching it and then um it keeps cutting back and forth between them just kind of hanging out in the movie and i'm gonna say this the clips in that movie pretty much cover our check boxes at least mine anyway yeah It, it kind of does there's like one i think it doesn't check off which is crazy but I'm not going to count it. No. Because normally if it was a movie inside a movie, it would have to be a fake movie mm-hmm. inside of a movie. Right. But this is a for real movie inside of a movie. Therefore, I'm not going to count it. So it'll be interesting if Night Screams can check off all the boxes on its own merits. Did you know that in Home Alone 2, that bit where whatever dumb kid... And he's watching the old movie in the hotel room. Oh, that they made it? They actually made that movie. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of crazy. At least that part anyway. Yeah. So they actually put an effort. You filthy animal. Yeah. So <laughs> Uncle Rico goes to make some burgers on the grill and obviously just slapping them on a cold grill. Yeah. This is clearly a cold grill. Yeah. And... He just keeps using the spatula and like mashing on it. And they're obviously not cooking whatsoever. And it's just a red light shining up They They just magically become done after like he, he just squishes them a couple times when they're cold. Yeah. While he's all cooking, the woman inside, she ends up getting stabbed and it's by somebody she knows because she she's like, oh, hi. Yeah. And she seems very friendly about it. And then when Uncle Rico comes in with his magically cooked burgers, he's like, oh, no. And he calls the police to report a murder. But while he's on the phone, he says, honey, no. And he gets stabbed. And then you see a couple bloody hands play chopsticks on a piano. Then title sequence (laughs) happens. That part had me confused for a long time. There's a lot of this movie that's kind of confusing. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, I've, I just watched it a couple hours before this mm-hmm. and I'm still going to be kind of hazy stumbling yeah. over things. It has its almost, it has like its own kind of logic and I guess I kind of get what they were going for with it. Yeah. By the end. By the end. Yeah. By the end. But even then we'll discuss. The we'll get to it. Yeah. There. You know, we get this like uh, title card and so it's like a great opening theme. Yeah, I will say it's that. It's all like synthesizer and it's lots of bleeps and bloops. And then there's one credit on there 
This movie has the Sweetheart Dancers. I do not know the Sweetheart Dancers. Oh my god. Well, you're gonna know because they're in the movie. Wow. No, I've never heard of the Sweetheart Dancers, but apparently (laughs) a big thing. Um, Yeah, then we get some mental health doc, and he's recording his release of a patient who is now able to function normally in society thanks to medication. Then we get football, cheerleaders, pom-poms, happy football dad, happy girlfriend and mom, sport. Did you notice? In this scene, like the the background, because I was watching the background, and in one part, this there's nobody in the stands. I was on, on one side. I was trying to pay attention. I did see that there was a not a lot of people in some of those stands and some of those shots, but there's one where it's just no no one. Yeah, it's on the other side. Okay, so maybe the visiting team nobody just showed didn't up for show it. up. And then um, when there is the crowd, everybody's like very dispersed until they show a close up of the crowd, and then everybody's very condensed. Yeah, to make it look like a lot of people. Yeah, just an odd thing I noticed, and it's great. <laughs> yeah, I also did notice too that the rival team was wearing blue. They had blue uniforms. It was like a purplish blue. And the home team was white and red, and the cheerleaders were wearing blue. So I assume that the cheerleaders were there for the blue team, but they weren't. They were there for the white and red team, because the school's colors are red, white, and blue. So the cheerleaders, the pom-poms were white and red for those colors, but their whole uniform is blue. It made it very confusing. Oh, man. Yeah. I didn't even pick up on So that. for like a hot minute, I thought that the cheerleaders were talking about like the rival team's guys, and that also had me confused. Yeah, it's just a mess. They did not think that through. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't know any of these people. Like, I just, like, everybody's got helmets on, and they're talking to each other, and I'm like, this is not going to do me any yeah, good Yeah, I right had no now. idea who anybody was for mm-hmm. a while. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's so many times I had to just backtrack in my notes. And go, oh, this person actually has a name. Yeah. Yeah. Because I didn't know. And then there's some people I was like, I don't even care. Yeah. And then and then it just cuts to this cop car that speeds into this gravel parking lot. And it's Jake's Cafe. And the the cop who's driving, he specifically tells his partner to stay in the car while he gets coffee. And for a second, I thought maybe his partner was, uh, uh, who's the guy from that Mystery Science Theater? The Ega... Archal Jr.? I thought maybe it was Archal Jr. for I would have melted. Second. I would have melted if it was Archal Jr. <laughs> for anybody who doesn't know, Brennan stalked Archal Jr. on Facebook for, what? For years. Years. Because he was from, what, Ega was the name of it? And that was all he did. That's all he did. And uh, so I looked him up on Facebook just out of curiosity, because we, we made some joke about him probably just being like a crazy Trump supporter or something, like a very radical one. And he was. Oh, he delivered. It, it was. It was right on point. So anytime there would be like anything political, I would go and see what he posted about it. And then one day you were just kind of either he said it to private or you were just blocked. We'll never know. Or he just died. I honestly, because no, it wasn't that I was blocked because I could still see all of his posts. Oh, okay. He just hadn't posted, so I was like, ah, oh, he bit the dust. <laughs> R.I.P. Archal Jr. But. I haven't checked in a while. Ah, uh, that's okay, because who cares? <laughs> yeah, who cares about him anyway? <laughs> yeah, the cop does what everybody does when they go to a cafe, and he just starts yelling at the building for for the owner. 
<laughs> he just keeps yelling Jake. And finally this guy, like chef guy, comes to like the kitchen screen door. Mm-hmm. And then the cop tells him that like a couple there's uh yes, he says specifically there are two escape convicts from Leavenworth prison, right? Two. Keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. That there's two. And then the guys like the Jake guy's like, I don't know, maybe okay, it's like that's good to know. Maybe I'll just close up early. And the next thing you know, you see this barrel of a shotgun poke out from behind the door and just blast the cop mm-hmm. and then the other cops like oh shit and out comes this dude who looks like ringo star from the beatles yeah dude just like kicks open the door and just starts blasting away at this cop car and then shoots it a bunch of times hits the gas tank and the car explodes and kind of partially explodes the gas pump I don't think it was active because it didn't really, there wasn't more explosion, but it's okay because that cop comes out and he's kind of on fire. It wasn't a full flaming dude. Not a full flaming dude, but like pretty, pretty fun. It was fun. For a low budget movie. Yeah. yeah. He's just gonna, he's, he's dead meat, right? Yeah. But then Ringo Starr calls out and I could not for the life of me pick up on this dude's name the entire movie. Because the guy would just be like, wah, wah. and then like this guy showed up and I was like, is that Jordan Klepper from the Daily Show? <laughs> because that's what that guy kind of looks like. We've got Ringo Starr and his sidekick, Jordan Klepper. Yeah. And he tosses Jordan Klepper the shotgun and then he shoots the cop. And I was like, oh, OK, I think these are clearly your two escaped convicts. Yeah. Then it goes to inside the cafe. There's a third guy with a leather jacket on, but he's also wearing the same kind of prison outfit the other guys have on. He's threatening the waitress in there, but then Jordan Klepper comes inside, and so does uh, Ringo. Ringo, And they're like, we gotta go, and he wants to take the waitress along, and I'm like, oh man, this is gonna get gross. Mm-hmm. But then um, Ringo Starr, like, he blasts Jake, who's out there, And then he just shoots the waitress, too. And he's like, we're leaving. And man, that squib for the waitress, that almost looked painful. Yeah. Not only was there a good explosion in front of her, the spatter that happens behind her. It was pretty good. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. It's going to be this kind of movie then. We got some gore going on here. Mm -hmm. And then um, Leather Jacket Guy doesn't really appreciate that because he wanted to be rapey or whatever. And so he's like, hey, I didn't escape from prison to take orders from you. So then Ringo Starr like shoots at him, but misses, even though they're like six feet away. I don't know if he did it intentionally, because then he just starts shooting random things in this cafe. It was pretty funny. And Jordan Klepper starts doing it, too. Then Leather Jacket and Ringo Starr get into this fight. And it's a it's not a bad fight. Because when uh, Ringo Starr is punching Leather Jacket, he's spitting out blood, and it's getting all over the wall, and I was like, ooh, okay. It was pretty obvious that he just had a bunch of blood in his mouth, though. Sure. I will say that. It was pretty cheesy, but it was good. It, it added to the, the violence factor. Yeah. And then Leather Jacket guy gets thrown out the window so hard, he turns blonde. <laughs> because when they show him going out the window... 
has blonde hair and amazing. This Ringo Star guy. Magic. He's BA. The real he's a real sicko. But yeah, there was a third convict. How did the how did the cop not know that? I, I don't know. Who knows? Just, Who knows? Bad writing. It's the magic of night That screams. is bad writing. Oh, and then we get to um locker room hunks. Guys changing after football. And this is where we also get to know that um this high school team must be ringers because they're somewhere between 25 and 40. It was some of the worst, worst younger casting I have ever seen. These supposed high schoolers looked so old. Yeah. So old. Uh, let's kind of run through these guys a little bit. because <laughs> We've got David. He's getting the free ride to college from the his big football. shot. Yeah, he's the one who like made like the game-winning play or whatever. He made that happen. Uh, we t- mentioned DB earlier. That's David's friend. And DB is a pretty supportive guy. He is. Throughout this entire movie. He's like a good friend. Mm-hmm. And um, I kind of thought he looked a little like Luke Skywalker. I thought that too. I was like, oh, man. But he kind of looked familiar. And I was like, who is this not Luke Skywalker guy? Which is funny because he talks like Yoda later on in the movie. He does, yeah. So I don't know what, yeah. what is happening. My brain was melting. We have Mason, who's definitely the oldest looking dude of this bunch. Mm-hmm. And just a jerk. He's the jerk guy. You can tell like he's just mad that David's getting a good college free ride thing going on. Yeah. And um, then there's doofy comedy relief guy who Mason gives a big massive wedgie to. I don't like him. Oh, man, he's just trying way too hard. Way too hard. But that's a problem, though, with a lot of these slashers, though, is that they throw these comedic characters into them, and they just tend to be more obnoxious than anything. They way overact, and mm-hmm. not always in a good way. Yeah. Um, that's kind of like uh, when uh, the guy who plays George on Seinfeld was in The Burning. Hmm. <laughs> forgot about like, that like he was kind of comedy relief in that. yeah he's either gonna be super nerdy or he's gonna be the finger quotes fat guy yeah they always make them the funny ones and man this trope does not work here no because yeah i get why they pick on him because he's annoying and also i kind of don't feel bad for him because it's like dude you're just like trying to fit in way too way too much mm-hmm but not necessarily a bad guy, though. He's just kind of annoying. Very annoying. Because he does have a, he does have a moment later in the movie. But uh, yeah, then we get the locker room lady scene. And I was like, what? This is where the movie decides not to show boobs. About the same thing. Because I wonder if it's part of the factor of why they did show those boob clips. Because none of these actresses were willing to be topless and show any skin in this movie, which good on them. Yeah. Because too many times, especially during back then in the eighties and stuff where a lot of young actresses would be pressured to be nude in movies and not everybody felt comfy with it. Yeah. I did notice that too, that none of the main actresses ever are topless. No. There's shown here, like, a couple of them are bras, mm-hmm. but, yeah. They also look like they're 34. <laughs> yeah, so. They are, they are not, they are no not complaints teenagers here. either. Yeah. Definitely not teenagers. No. 
which I think I end up like referring to them in my notes as girls. So when I say girls, just know I'm talking about full grown women. Mm-hmm. I'm more referring to the age of their characters. Yes. <laughs> Cause I'm not like some dude who just calls every woman a girl. That's just kind of creepy and weird. It is. I prefer ladies. I like ladies, but it isn't too formal. Like I, I like the term guys when referring to a bunch of dudes. And I wish there was a direct word for girls like that, which ladies is pretty close. Yeah. And all we, all we learn from this whole scene is that, um, like David's going to have a party because his parents are going to be out of town. And, um, we also find out that none of these, none of these cheerleaders, none of them like Joni, David's girlfriend. Except for kind of, well, Lisa, Lisa's kind of cool about it. Yeah, she was pretty cool about it. Yeah, she kind of comes to Joni's defense the entire movie. And I'm trying to remember, you know what? They, none of them really have personalities. No. They're just kind of like, all they want to do is be with David. Yep. That's basically it. So that's also what made it hard to learn everybody's name when you don't actually give them characters. They all acted the same, yeah. They're pretty interchangeable, yeah. It just kind of depended, like, they were more based on who they were with, what guys they were with, than being individuals. Oh, I definitely remembered everybody, just based off the couple, like, the couples that, the relationships they were in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. But I'm sure as we go along, we'll learn more about it, because, Then we get Doofy Guy's dance scene, for whatever reason, where he's just dancing to definitely not the music that's playing. Yeah. And it's just weird. But then David comes walking by, like he, and he looks like he's under some distress. And then he ends up popping some meds, and he ends up going to talk to his parents. And, you know, his dad has clearly pushed him, into the, like pushing him on this whole football thing. Oh, this is actually maybe something to do with some character development. Yeah. And unfortunately, that's kind of as far as he goes. Yeah. It's just, it's a lot of pressure on him from his dad. But his mom seems like she cares and is like worried about him. But they're going out of town. So he gets to the house for the weekend and they know he's having a party too. And oh, yeah, his dad says something about like, we better treat those girls like ladies. I was like, what is that supposed to be? Yeah, that was off. That was, that was kind of pocket. That was weird. Because of the way he said it. Yeah, we just discussed calling girls and then ladies. Yes, and that was completely different from what how he put it. Yes, and I was like, "Ew, what do you think I would ever say anything like that to you?" I would disown you. <laughs> that is not my mo. Yeah, that's so weird. I would no. I'd think that you're like an imposter. <laughs> like that's the start of like some weird like body swap or something or other. What would it be, though? Because I have facial hair. It would have to be the shaved version of me, then. Yeah. <laughs> then you would know. Yeah. Where did Dad's tattoos go? <laughs> Why is he clean-shaven? Where did he get the mullet? Oh. Oh. <laughs> there's, there's some mullets in this movie. Yeah, but then we get, um, real quick, uh, Ringo and Jordan Klepper wandering through the fields, and... They act like they discovered a house when it was just blatantly right there in the distance. And they're like, let's go check out the house. So now we know they're up to no good. And it's pretty obvious some paths are going to cross in the future. Then we're at a nightclub and yeah, here come the mullets because this mullet laden band is playing one of their awful songs in this movie. None of these songs are good. No. I'm just going to throw that out there. 
Um, are they kind of enjoyable because they're so bad? Only to a point. Only for so long. Oh, yes. I give them 30 seconds, then I'm like, okay. Yeah. Too much. Yeah. They, also, the Dancing in the Stands Club, really horrible. Oh. Really bad. I was looking at some of those extras, dancing in the background, pretty funny stuff. <laughs> yeah. And, um... And then we get like David and DB. David's expressing his frustrations with everything. And DB's being a good friend and like, hey, you should talk to your parents. And we kind of learned that DB's mom must have died because he didn't get the opportunity. Oh, this is like getting kind of after school special here and feeling kind of deep, you know? Yeah. But they, it seems like they, they, yet again, like it's reinforcing this friendship between these two guys where they have this openness. I don't think when I was in high school, I would talk openly to one of my friends like this. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. But then I was thinking, you have to be wondering how a bunch of high school kids, I mean, granted, yes, they're all like 30, (laughs) but how are they drinking in a club? I thought that too. So my thought was, it's got to be like a, perhaps the drinking age was still 18 because it was 18 for like a long Mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. And I actually looked it up. Okay. And because this is supposed to take in, uh, take place in Wichita, Kansas. Okay. And so I looked it up. Kansas, um, I think by 1986, it was like January of 86 was 21. And when did this come out? 87. So oh. it's possible because I was kind of suspicious that this was filmed earlier and just released later. That definitely could be. Yeah. So I have my suspicions about that. And then I was thinking like, oh. I thought it was early 90s or something like that for Wisconsin. Yeah. It was still in the 80s, so didn't stop anybody in Wisconsin from underage drinking, though. <laughs> no. Not a chance. Ooh, yeah, so back to the band. This is where this is where we get, like, a special announcement, like we're watching TV. The nationally famous, the Sweetheart Dancers. So then we've got these sparkly dancers in front of the band and i even had your mom watch this part because i had to get her opinion on it yeah because this absolutely this song that they're playing i'm guessing it's called chill out because they say chill out eight million times in it chill out it's annoying yeah but once it actually gets past their original material of saying chill out 8,000 times. It's a blatant ripoff of Prince's Baby I'm a Star. Oh, really? It completely is. And that's why I had your mom watch it, because I wanted to get her opinion on it, because she's much more knowledgeable with Prince than I am. And I picked up on it right away. She's At first, she's like, nah, I don't think so. Then she's like, yeah, it totally is getting a ripoff. Because it's just not good. It's just a terrible version of it. It's like they kind of... They tried changing it enough so they wouldn't get sued. It's not like Prince ever saw this. <laughs> yeah. And I certainly was not paying attention. That whole dancing scene, I was like waiting for it to end. It was long. Oh, yeah. They practically play an entire song. Yeah. And 99% is just dude saying chill out. <laughs> but I get what you're saying, though. Like the first 30 seconds, you're like, oh, okay. It's kind of fun. It's cheesy, but it's fun. Yeah, it it's kept not, on going. It's, it's kind of terrible, but yeah. I'm like in yeah. it. And then by the end, you're like, Please, God, make it stop. <laughs> yeah, then it's like more scenes of just kind of like the gang hanging out. They're kind of, they're pre-gaming at the bar before they go to the house. Before they drive to go to the house. Yeah, yeah. before <laughs> they drive to the house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then we get like, uh, 
So there's this one part where uh doofy comic relief guy tells this Doug guy to like stop thinking about sex all the time because it's gross. Mm-hmm. And then because Doug was clearly being gross to his girlfriend, Chris. You know what? He's not wrong, given what happens with Doug later in the movie. But they kind of give him doofy guy kind of like they kind of give him crap about it. And it's like he was right. He's he was right. Completely right. He's in what totally he said. right. And even for that time period, I'm like, wow, that's kind of progressive. <laughs> yeah, it really was. Like, he was ahead of the curve. I know. I was like, whoa, hey, all right, maybe you're not so bad. But, you know, you just need to stop being obnoxious. And then, like, I don't know, there's, what, the other couple that's there, too? The the guy who is dressed like he's your local insurance sales guy? Yeah. I mean, this dude straight up looks like somebody's dad. And he's supposed to be in high school? I'm not really buying it. No. And then, you know, paste on whatever girlfriend he's got. <laughs> yeah, and then we've got a part where, uh, because of this Brenda girl who's uh, dating... Uh, what's his name the the other really old guy <laughs> yeah i know what you're talking about yeah um she goes out and she's she's dancing with david and it's not even like intimate dancing that's just mm-hmm. like friends dancing yeah anybody can do that yeah no need to get jealous but Joni sees it you can kind of tell she's jealous but you know what all the dudes are jealous too everybody's just jealous of david for one reason or another. And David doesn't even really seem like he wants to be David. No, he doesn't. <laughs> everybody is like projecting on him. Yeah. He even says it at one point. Like everybody has these expectations of him, but nobody gives a crap about what he wants. Mm-hmm. And he just wants to be himself. Yeah. This whole time. He's kind of like, I don't know. He's a tragic character. He really is when it comes down to it. And I feel bad for him. I, I mean, too. granted, that that's all he is in this. Yeah. Just this troubled guy trying to just deal with the expectations of him. But that's more than a lot of movies will give you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then we get the whole go over to Ringo and Jordan Klepper and they enter the home. And, you know, this is just like Ringo's opportunity to act in the basement, stare out the basement window and just give some acting monologue like you can tell man that he must have been like maybe local theater troupe guy who is just like yeah this is this is i'm getting into this movie and this is my big break it's my chance and i'm gonna give it everything i got had me snoozing through his stupid monologue and they probably just let him do it because you know it was like that or you're gonna have to pay for more porn footage (laughs) <laughs> to yeah fill up the empty void of this movie yeah but then we get party time everybody shows up and the gang's all there general party shenanigans but it's mainly uh db his girlfriend lisa and doofy comic relief guy they're kind of the main three people throughout this whole entire party mm-hmm. which they're really giving it the whole time they're the only ones that actually seem like they're having any fun yeah it was also kind of a lame party. Yeah, but kind of realistic in a way, where it wasn't just everything was just crazy and wild. True. Kind of tame, and it was just more everybody hanging out. Having some casual drinks. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of shooting the breeze. Everybody's kind of coming and going from different rooms. Mm-hmm. And no one it was a, like a weekend event, perhaps. They were just kind of 
socializing and but it was almost a little too real because it kind of drags the movie down a little bit sometimes yeah which is unfortunate because the movie's like clipping along up until this point and you'd think the party would be where all the action is mm-hmm. and then it be this is where it starts becoming an end then movie yeah and we have two almost back-to-back scenes where uh the girls, Chris and Brenda, both hit on David in a similar fashion, where they kind of get him while he's upstairs or on the stairs, and they put their arms around him, and he pushes them away. He grabs their arms, lifts them up, and he's like, nope, not doing this. And even Brenda said, well, that didn't stop you before or something. But it's different now. He's with Joni. Mm-hmm. So maybe they had a history together. Yeah. I don't, I, even... I don't care. I don't even know why I even thought that deep into it. Yeah. (laughs) And then like that Doug guy, he's just insisting on watching porn in this side room with his girlfriend, Chris, which just, this is just what leads to the extra boob filler because we have to watch bits of the porn with him. And at this point in time and everything cutting back to him watching porn was really uncomfortable because I'm watching it in the family room downstairs and nobody oh the listeners don't know but brennan recently moved out Mm -hmm. he is now living on his own with some friends and so his room is now his sister's room or his old room Mm -hmm. is now his sister's room and so she was coming and going and i'm like i I don't want to be on the couch watching porn while my daughter is mucking about and then like your mom's coming down the stairs too and i'm like oh It's the classic case. That's how it always is. Oh, yeah. They're never going to come around when it's the violence or the gore or just people talking. Yeah. It's it's always the weird sexy time. Mm -hmm. And there's too much of it in this movie. Definitely. I'm not big into it. If that's your taste, good on you. I was scared my roommates were going to come in. (laughs) (laughs) Brendan, you were saying you you were watching a movie. What is this? (laughs) <laughs> what kind of movie are it's you watching? old 80s porno why are you watching this brennan oh yeah you gotta this, if you're in the retro boobs this is this is the movie for you yeah i was sitting there just eating dry reese's puff cereal i know weird that'd be i was walking in fistfuls of reese's puff cereal <laughs> no i swear this is a horror movie yeah i also debated watching it like in our actual living room too i'm so thankful i did not <laughs> Oh, Mason, that's the name of that guy. Oh. Yeah. Because uh, he gets all jealous, and he thinks that something's going on between David and Brenda. But then immediately is like, oh, yeah? Well, I'll show you what a real man's like or something like that. And he's like, let's do it, baby. I don't think that's exactly what he says, but he might as well have said that. Yeah. And she's like, oh, hang on. I got to go. I'll be right back. You get ready. So then his idea of getting ready is sitting in a rocking chair (laughs) in the dark. (laughs) (laughs) And this house is weird, too. It is. Because I was like, I like the I had the like the weird lights that look like candles. And I'm like, is he outside or inside because of the windows? I'm like, what is going on with this house? Also, the staircase was very confusing. I could never figure out the layout of the house. Like, they needed more establishing shots or, like, any sort of moving shot. So I understand what the space looks like because the whole house is confusing. 
Yeah, they don't do. Yeah. And I wonder if it was because they maybe film stuff separate and they only had like certain sets mm. or like access to a house or like things just didn't work out or whatever. I'm not sure. Who knows? There's yeah. not a lot of information on this movie that I could find. There's zero trivia. <laughs> I'm not even joking. It would just be like first appearance of this person. I'm like, great. They're in like two things, maybe their entire career. Yeah. Like the only three people have pictures on IMDb. <laughs> and usually it's like Night Screams comes up as one of the things that they're known for. Like the Joni lady, her picture's on there. But it talked about how she went off and became an RN. So there you go. I don't know. She was in some shorts recently, some like short films, but she's got like four credits or something like that. Exciting. Well, Mason's waiting in the room while I, I'm assuming that uh, Brenda just had to go take a big dump. <laughs> she's gone for a while. It's a while before she yeah, goes they never back. show what she's doing. No. <laughs> but <laughs> Mason gets a good old fire poker through the body. A lot of the kills in this are just like close-ups of things entering or exiting a body. They're pretty one-and-done kills, too. Yeah. But I think part of it is is to, um, you know, they're trying to get into that soft, giallo type thing of, like, who's the killer? They're trying to keep that mystery, which yeah. is always fun. It is. During it the is. slasher. Except I knew who the killer was this entire time. You did? I figured it out. We should probably talk that about that at the, at the end, end. Yes, <laughs> because yes, I'm glad you figured it out. It is more obvious on a second viewing, though, and it was also still extremely confusing on a second viewing. Yes, it was. I'm <laughs> sure. Yeah, get a gloved hand that snips the phone line outside, and I was like, "Ooh, are we gonna have a gloved killer this entire time? That'd be interesting." But is it? But I'm like, wait a second. None of those. Ringo Starr and the other guy, they're not wearing gloves. Why would they be wearing gloves? Yeah, they're also in the basement the entire time. Yeah, so I'm starting to be like, something is amiss here. Mm -hmm. We might have a second party involved with some murder. And dun, dun, dun. Yeah, that phone line gets cut just in time because um, David's mom gets worried while she's out at dinner. And she's like, I'm going to go call him. And so she uses the house phone at the restaurant. <laughs> And calls the house and doesn't get an answer. More on them later. I'm going to get more parent stuff later. And then, so then we have, uh, Chris is getting catty with Gioni while they're putting on some makeup. Lisa's there too. And when Joni gives this vague answer about where she lived before moving to Wichita, and she just says a very nice place or something like that. And Chris has to be all bitchy about it. And Lisa's is like, man, why can't you be cool? Yeah. Why can't you be cool? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. That was a weird She's answer. Like, you can imagine how hard it is to make new friends here. Yeah. Yeah. She knows the town that they live in. Mm -hmm. She gets it. But uh, yeah, so Brenda finishes her dump. And <laughs> she can't find Mason. So she decides to just bail because Doofy makes some just stupid joke. And... Um, while she drives off, she gets attacked. There's a, there's someone in the back seat that attacks her. And so she manages to kind of get free, stops the car, gets out, takes off running into a field that conveniently just has this old car just sitting in the field. 
So she crawls underneath the car to hide. And then the killer just pulls out the jack or whatever that was holding up the car. And Brenda gets crushed. You know what? They're probably never going to find Brenda. Yeah, good luck on that one. I mean, well, maybe they'll find her car. No, because the killer probably took the car back. The killer did probably take the car back. Yeah. Yeah, that Brenda's never being found. Yeah, Brenda, it's probably going to be years before they find yeah. her. Yeah. Ooh, you. R.I.P. Brenda. Yeah. So that, that mushroom haircut. Her haircut was horrible. She also, I think, looked, she might have looked the oldest out of <laughs> all the all the ladies. <laughs> oh, man. That haircut was Ugh. all over the place. That was like, that's one thing I'll give this movie. Everybody does look pretty normal, though. Born in the right generation is what I say. I'm so glad I missed out on all of that. Oh, yeah, but the mullets are coming back. It's just a matter of time before they, all the Ugh. other terrible haircuts come back. Some 80s hair I'd be okay with coming back, though, from dudes and from the gals. I'm, I'm a fan of, like, the longer feathered hair. Yeah, I think that'd be cool. Mm-hmm. I'm down for that. I think it's foxy as hell. Mm-hmm. It's a good word to use. Mm, yeah, I know, because your mom will get her hair cut like that sometimes. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> We're going out on a date. I'm going to be with a foxy lady. <laughs> oh, yeah. More porn with Doug. Woohoo! Yeah, because we needed more of it. Yeah. Uh, Lisa ends up defending Joni again to Doofy Dude because now Doofy Dude's got to be a jerk about it, Joni. But you know what? There's also the factor, too, like everybody's been drinking or yeah. assumed to be drinking at this point. So people say a lot of dumb things and get some bad attitudes. And they've been drinking for a while, too. I'm guessing like this has been like quite some time. I don't feel like this movie happens over the course of like a couple of hours. Mm-hmm. I think it's like a long time. Yeah. Like, it's probably like a good four or five hours that this party is raging on. But I don't know. Maybe I'm just projecting my Wisconsin tolerance on everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess they do it different down in Kansas. No, I don't know. I think, I think they get pretty wild in Wichita. I mean, I guess there's nothing else to do. That I don't know. Any dongles from Kansas? Let us know what happens. Oh, you know what? This whole summer slasher camp that we de- dedicated to Mandy, mm-hmm. she lived in Wichita. Oh, really? Yeah, that's where she was living. I don't know if she was raised there. I bet it's a very lovely city. <laughs> she probably would have loved this. Yeah, probably. She would have loved that we covered she, this movie. Yeah, she would have loved this. She, she might have even known about it. Yeah. Man, <laughs> this movie. Uh, yeah, we get Ringo's... Uh, Mirror and Dirty Sink Tour de Force monologue here where, holy crap, it just keeps going. He must, I got, I didn't look into it. He must be a producer on this film. <laughs> <laughs> he had to do something to get all this screen time. Yeah. And just be like, well, I'm just going to monologue. Especially for how dark. unimportant his character is. It seemed like he was just going to be doing all the things. I was so excited. Because the way he kicked that door open at the cafe and just was going ham and the the whole cafe scene, I was like, oh my God, this is going to, this movie's going to get pretty crazy. And he just hangs out in this basement. <laughs> like there's one scene somewhere randomly in the movie where he's outside looking in at the party. There is. Yeah. So he must have a means to get in and out without them noticing. But I'm... I'm guessing that's to distract people and maybe go, oh, he's out and about. It's a red herring that he's the murderer. It really is. Yeah, it really is. And I know like for anybody who's like trying to 
take the journey along on this podcast. And honestly, it's it's such a disappointment. Even by this time in the movie, I'm like, he's not doing anything. Mm-hmm. He's not he's not the one doing any of this. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's got this plan, too, where he's going to dress Jordan Klepper up in clothes and have him infiltrate the party. And that never happened. I wish that happened. I was like, ooh, this is going to get interesting. Yeah. But they're not going to know who this dude is, but maybe they're not going to care. They've probably heard enough information. Mm-hmm. They could just fake it. They'd be like, oh, I'm yeah. friends with. Yeah. Oh, so-and-so told me to come out here or whatever. Yeah. And it would be more interesting, too, if, like, yeah, one of them did kill Brenda. And they're like, oh, yeah, Brenda. Like, I thought she was going to be here. I'm her cousin or something. I'm in town. Boom. You're in that party. Yeah. They're going to be like, yeah, as long as, like, he doesn't overtly act like a creep and he hangs out with him and parties a bit, they'd be a good way to... There's all that wine in the basement. He could have grabbed a case of wine and walked in with it. Yeah, David might have known, though. He might have known that it's his parents' wine. Yeah. But that also could have been a clue to set him off. Yeah. And figure something out. You know what another weird thing about this basement is? When they initially get to this house, to this party... David has to go downstairs and turn on the breaker box for why? He said, I got to go turn on the power real quick. Isn't that their house? Isn't that where they're living? Do you remember in like Call of Duty zombies when you'd have to turn on the power? (laughs) It's like that. (laughs) Like, why do you need to turn on the power? I think like to maybe cause some tension. Like, oh, we know that the killers are down there. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. And they could have turned off the power. Yeah, or like somebody had to check the breaker box later type of thing. I don't know. It's kind of confusing. But, I mean, that's Night Scream's logic. Yeah, we'll set something up and just never bring it up again. Yeah, it's just like edging the entire time of like, oh my god, yeah, something's gonna happen. And like, oh, what? Huh? Just a bunch of setups. Not enough payoffs. Not enough payoffs. If everything got a payoff, oof. Yeah. Ooh, man, you could totally remake this movie and make it bonkers. Yeah. But I suppose you could also just probably watch something like You're Next. <laughs> yeah. And get the, get, get the same kind of vibe, I guess. It's a little bit of a different setup, but still. Anyway, I, know, I don't know why I keep bringing up that movie. Oh, yeah. Chris ends up uh, convincing Doug that um, a flesh and blood woman is better than just watching porn. So that's that's good, I guess. <laughs> He gets a little bit of a character arc there. Yeah. <laughs> then uh, Joni keeps having this beef about David's friends not liking her. And um, because David spends most of this party, like either sitting in a room in the dark or wandering around, rubbing his temples, which I get it. He's frustrated. He needs his pills. Yeah. But he's got plenty of pills. He's taking them constantly in this movie. And always plays that audio cue whenever <laughs> he takes them. I know. I left out like how many times like he just sits at a sink or something and has a flashback to a scene that happened like a half hour ago in this movie. <laughs> okay, here we go again. <laughs> but, um, but he has a good point. And being the good guy that he is, he's like, they're not my friends. They're our friends. You know, I care about you. Therefore, like, they're your friends, too. We're all together because he's really into her and he accepts her into that group. And he's just like, well, I don't know if they can't handle it. Then, like, that's their problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're just jealous of you because you're with me. Mm -hmm. 
And he's not wrong. No, he isn't. And yeah, I mean, come on. And we also get to learn about um, how pushy his dad is with the whole football thing because his dad like got him started when he was too young to start playing. So he's like, he's been doing this stuff for like nine years at this point. If you figure if he's 18, he's got like nine years of his dad just grinding it into him that he's got to be great at football. They don't really make a point of that either. You don't think so? They kind of did. Well, it was more telling and not a lot of showing. Yeah. I mean, his dad seemed really enthusiastic. Yeah. But I don't know. I I didn't have sports dad <laughs> growing up. You, you didn't have sports I did dad. Not. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So Doug and Chris, they end up going to like this weird personal laid down sauna, which I don't understand. I that. have no idea what it I've was. I've never seen one like that yeah. before. You climb up into it with like it's almost like a shower door and then you it's just big enough for a person to lay down in. Yeah. They always use like the same camera angle in this room, too, which made it extra hard to figure out anything of it. Well, they use other camera angles, but it's more close up. Exactly. Like, yeah. On them in there. There's no wide shot yeah. of the room. And they go in there to have the sexy time in their swimsuits. She also just appears with a swimsuit, and so does Dude. Like, did they bring that with? I'm assuming that they did. They I guess there is the hot tub. Yeah, yeah. There's also a pool, too. Oh, sure. Okay. So I guess it makes yeah. sense that they had one. And, and during the credits, Did you watch the credits at all where they replayed all the scenes? No, I didn't. There's a scene in there where it's like more, it's almost like the entire cheerleader squad is there hanging out by the pool. Really? So they must have cut something out. Interesting. Right. Well, if there was more things that happened in this, why didn't you show us more things? Yeah. Maybe it was just like the director or the producers trying to be creeps and being like, yeah, come on, ladies. Have a little fun in the pool. Splash around a little bit. We need the footage. Take off your tops. Yeah. That's it. I don't know. (laughs) Whatever. But they ended up like having weird, awkward sex in this thing with their clothes on. (laughs) But the whole time, it's like flashing to porn scenes, like a shower scene. And I'm like, is this what Doug is imagining in his head? Why is this? Why are we being shown a woman taking a shower? It's not even. Yeah, it's literally not even related. It's completely not related. It's weird. Mm-hmm. Like if I wanted to watch, I would just watch that. I would just watch that if that's what I wanted to watch. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want to watch it. I want to watch Night Screams. Yeah, I want to watch horror. You'll get stabbed. That's what yeah. I want to see. So after they finish doing their business, Chris ends up going out to the pool. And um, then uh, the, the gloved killer smashes the sauna heater rocks thing and all this noxious gas starts coming out and doug starts choking on it and then there's just a bottle that's also on top of it that just says poison <laughs> did you see that yeah <laughs> so he calls out for chris as he's dying in there which i thought was like he did have a character arc he really does care and it's not just about the porn anymore did he learn any lessons probably not nope but at least he gets a little something. Yeah. I was kind of surprised. But you know what? Maybe I was just looking for more meat in this. Yeah, I could have just been me, nothing to it. Me projecting on yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Which is probably the case. Yeah. Ooh, Chris gets an axe to the head in the pool. That was all right. Yeah. Kind of wish we got a floating body in the pool. A bunch of blood in the pool. Mm, now you're talking. Mm-hmm. That's always nice. Yeah. I always like that, that visual. Yeah. Blood in a pool. Yeah. 
I'd have to say one of my favorite pool murders happens in Strangers Pray at Night, the second Strangers movie, which I didn't care for the first one. I kind of like the second one. But the whole time, like, Total Eclipse of the Heart is playing. Mm. So bizarre. Yeah, good pool kill. Not just a drowning either. I think that's that's the cheap way to go. It's a little If obvious. it's done well, then I like it, but... Yeah, but drownings just tend to, like, are more just icky, I think. Yeah, like it's more it's, uncomfortable. Like, I don't want to see that. It's too real. So are stabbings and axes to the head. But. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there's, I mean, I guess, like, for the, the sake of our sickle entertainment, mm-hmm. just a drowning is not nearly as fun. It's not exciting. No. It's also more tangible. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, uh Yeah, so the party crew, I'm calling them the party crew now. It's just <laughs> the three people. It's just db lisa and doofy hanging out because they're just kind of like the main squad at this point you know like they're just kind of hanging out and they get more wine from the basement but ringo and jordan klepper don't do anything while they're down there they hide yeah i mean i'm pretty sure well they ditched the shotgun earlier for whatever reason probably because it didn't have any more ammo for it yeah but i'm pretty sure uh, dude stole a revolver and they got knives for sure they could find weapons they can make weapons yeah ringo star hits so hard they could easily take out these dudes but you know for whatever reason they just hide which is an odd choice i think they also just like uh broke the light bulb too which leads yeah. you to believe that there is going to be more happening when what's her name was coming down the stairs he does that oh but still, nobody ever uses the light down there anyway, so I don't get it. Nobody uses the light. Everyone comes down with a flashlight. Yeah, because you, the the wine's right there. Mm-hmm. Easy to grab. Plus, they're just drinking <laughs> the expensive basement wine. But I don't know. Maybe they got permission. Just don't drink all my wine. There was like the wine that they couldn't drink. There was the <laughs> there was like the expensive stuff, they said. Oh, was there? Yeah, there was like some, must have been like the older bottles. Oh, well, I'm glad you paid more attention to that than I did. (laughs) Surprised I actually did. (laughs) So then we have uh, David's mom. They're still out at dinner, which is really confusing for this timeline. Yep. Because, they're like I said, it does seem like a lot of time passes. But who knows? Maybe maybe it's a special event that they're at. Could be a charity event. Sure. Whatever. I just have to put some type of something to it. But uh, she ends up like going through her purse and realizes that she has David's medication that she talked about earlier. But, you know, I've seen him like popping these pills like crazy the entire time. Yeah, there's no medication like that. Unless, of course, he's just because he has a headache. Unless he's just taking like ibuprofen or something. That could be it. No, because he gets like actually like angry. But that's kind of the thing, though. Like if he doesn't take his medication, he's going to become angry and have outbursts. Uh-huh. So maybe he doesn't actually have his medication. Yeah, he doesn't. That's my guess. Or I think he takes the last of it. Mm. He takes pills at least like three times during this movie. Yeah, don't matter. They, he ends up like snapping at Doofy and Joni. So I don't know. I think it's just more Night Screams magic. Mm-hmm. Look over here. You can't see the man behind the curtain. So insurance guy is back. Him and his girlfriend, they were hanging out in the hot tub. Chris must have been removed. Her body must have gotten moved somewhere. Yeah. Otherwise, they would have probably seen her floating around in there. Unless they were just that drunk. Or just wasn't lit or something, but yeah. Yeah, who knows. Um, But yeah, he gets hungry. 
And being the consummate salesman that he is, still is wearing his tie <laughs> while he was in the hot tub. And he says that he's going to go make some food. And, oh, wouldn't you know it, he's going to make a burger. He slaps together this patty and puts it on a cold freaking indoor grill. It's obviously not on. He never turned it on. He didn't let it it's, heat up. It's even. not even heated up. Yeah. And he's cooking these burgers the same way Uncle Rico was earlier in the movie. What is going on? Plus, also, he never washes his hands after touching that raw meat. <laughs> you know what? I think he deserved it. Yeah, because he gets his face slammed into the grill, which is magically hot. Yeah. And because his like instantly burned. His eye was open from the way, the way the makeup effects look. Which, that didn't look half bad. No, it actually looked pretty good. And a good face grilling, always disgusting. Yeah. Although, it kind of would have been funny if our killer smashed his face onto the grill and it was just cold. <laughs> <laughs> that's, so should, like, that's what should have happened. This isn't even on. <laughs> well, you can tell, like, they've got, like, smoke that comes up from under the grill. <laughs> yeah. So they just had a little smoke machine in there. Some guy smoking a cigar. <sighs> yeah. Like with Ash's chainsaw. Yeah. It was just somebody with a tube and cig- chain smoking. <laughs> <laughs> I was at Evil Dead too. <laughs> I provided the smoke for Ash's chainsaw. Don't smoke, kids. No. You either, dongles. It's not good for you. It also doesn't look cool most of the time. <laughs> there there are it. some exceptions. There are some exceptions, but yeah. Yeah. Um, you know what I noticed recently is that on a lot of TV shows and movies, man, there's a lot of people smoking in these. Really? Yeah. Like chain smoking too. Like just constantly has, have cigarettes going. I'm like, what the hell is going on? I thought there was something against that. And I don't know. Maybe if you just slap that, it's not for kids now. I could see where like it was a problem when everybody was smoking and it was in kids movies. Maybe it's that now smoking isn't as prevalent. So you can just have it in movies again. And maybe you look at it and you go, ew, yeah, this yeah, is gross. because I think the public outlook has changed so much on it. It really has. Yeah. Thankfully. Oh, yeah. But now it's just vaping. <laughs> but nobody looks cool when they vape. Nobody looks cool when they vape. Especially when everybody's like, yeah, I want to like roll some clouds or whatever they call it. Yeah. I'm sure I got that wrong. Yeah. I don't care because it looks stupid. Mm-hmm. I just saw a thing where it was wedding vape photos, and I was like, this is... Oh, wow. Stupid. <laughs> My old boss would smoke a lot of vape. Like, he would go out to take, like, a phone call outside, and I would just see big plumes, like a train was passing by. <laughs> so much vape. It's crazy. <laughs> Didn't look cool. I think I told him that, too. <laughs> but my boss was cool, so he just thought it was funny, but... <laughs> Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Insurance guy. Back to him. Oh, yeah. Uh, getting his face smashed on there. He also gets a barbecue fork in the back of the neck, mm-hmm. which that was pretty neat. He also screams really loud and no one apparently hears it. No, but I do like how his face got dragged through the burger patty. Yeah. And I like that shot, too, of the patty smushed and then like his face on the grill, <laughs> like his skin left on it. Randomly at some point in time. I don't know when it is, but um, DB goes in there. And sees it, and it's just like this bloody hamburger patty on the grill. Yeah. And he's just like, ew, gross. Yeah. <laughs> but then you'd think also there would be a lot of blood everywhere. Maybe the killer likes to clean up. Mm-hmm. Or killers. Ooh. Yeah. Bet you didn't think about that, Doggles. 
Don't worry. The writers didn't think of it either. <laughs> Lisa goes to get some more wine and Ringo ends up strangling her to death. And Jordan Klepper gets upset. And so he gets killed with a plastic bag. Ringo just pretty scary i gotta say that was upsetting this is one of the best like shot lit and like performed scenes of the movie well that's why they've got like the the movie poster or whatever Mm -hmm. is like dude getting killed by that plastic bag because they did it so well yeah and also now i'm starting to worry that somehow an algorithm is going to pick up the fact that i've said jordan klepper 30 times during this podcast and it's going to come to his attention and then he's going to be like what and he's going to be pissed and then he's going to watch this movie and he's going to be even more pissed yeah he's going to watch it It does look like me oh (laughs) so uh if if you ever listen to this um sorry it was it was just an observation it's just what had to have been done it was necessity Mm mm-hmm Necessity is the mother of all invention and naming people in podcasts by somebody else's name. I'm sure Ringo Starr wouldn't care. Oh, I bet you Ringo Starr has murdered somebody. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. The Beatles are also overrated, so. Well, I don't know. That's a debate for a whole nother time. Ah, send emails, dongles, send emails. (laughs) I said it. The Beatles are overrated. Yes. Also, send us an email if you know of Ringo Starr's crimes. (laughs) (laughs) Corrupted Youth Pod at gmail.com. <laughs> Alleged. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then we've got uh, another dance scene with Doofy Comic Relief Guy. And he goes and he's doing like his back worm thing, squiggle thing on the pool table, which clearly you know something bad is going to happen. Yeah. It is so obvious. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ooh, what's it going to be? Is it going to be like a throat slash? Mm-hmm. Is it going to be a head chopped off? But no, he just gets strangled with a pool cue, which isn't bad. It isn't bad. It's a little lame. Yeah. I was like, man, you set up that head dangling off of there. Mm-hmm. Missed opportunity. This dancing is actually also when one of my roommates did walk in. <laughs> <laughs> so nearly worse timing than any of the porno scenes. <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah. My roommate Michael walked in and he's like, how's the movie? And I was like, you know, still face full of Reese's dry Reese's pop. I was like, look at this. Like, look at look at what's on screen right now. This is the dude dancing. Like, this is one of the cheesiest things I've ever seen. It was horrible. He he got a good kick out of it. He thought it was super funny. Yeah, then we've got uh, David's parents who are speeding home, and they end up getting pulled over by a cop. And this scene is so magical, Mm -hmm. because the cop just asks them what the problem is, and the dad's like, hey, our son doesn't have his medication, and if he doesn't have it, he is prone to violent tendencies. And the cop goes, oh, okay, I'll escort you. And the whole time, I'm just like, what? Does this cop know them? How does he know where they live? Sure, I'll escort you. Later on, when they're driving, and they're, like, talking, um, that it's supposed to be this police escort, there's no lights. You can't see any lights from mm-hmm. the cop car. You can hear the siren. But then they start getting passed by somebody. Mm. And I'm like, you can't just, like, pass somebody that's being police escorted. Oh, it's just so bad. 
Do you also notice that when they get pulled over, they get pulled over at that cafe at the beginning of the movie? No, I did not notice that. Yeah, it's like the police investigation there. Huh. Yeah, so that's a thing. Circle gets a square, I guess. Yeah. Or we've only had so much area of Wichita to film it. Yeah. <laughs> One being Jake's Cafe, which... Was it really a cafe? It did not look like a cafe. That's a greasy spoon yes. I ever saw. One. That's a that's a diner. Yeah. You can get coffee there. Yeah. It's going to taste like crap. And I would never call a worker there a barista. <laughs> Absolutely not. Especially Jake with his comical chef's hat. <laughs> and man, I wouldn't eat the quality of the clothes he was wearing, too. That dude was dirty as hell. Definitely not a place you want to eat at. Oh, that's no cafe. Especially after the waitress gets blasted. Yeah. Although, going back to that, and I know I'm jumping back to the, like, the beginning of this movie, there's the shot where you can see cafe from the window, mm-hmm. and it's on the wall. Yeah. That's the window that dude got thrown through. <laughs> so how is cafe still being on the wall? Like, like the shadow of it. Yeah. It did look nice, though. That's a very interesting observation. Yeah. But you know what? Also, it was a big letdown because I was like, this movie might look really good. Nope. That was a fluke. (laughs) Because, man, this movie's so dark. Yeah, that was the lighting guy not showing up to his job for once. (laughs) He missed that day. Um, Real quick, we get a hot tub electrocution with a work light. Very interesting. Yeah, I couldn't figure out what was going on because she's hanging out in the hot tub and I kept seeing this light. Mm Mm-hmm. I was like, what is, what is that? What is happening here? And then I see like it bump down, get broken. Oh, okay. That's kind of weird. She's getting electrocuted for sure. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, she did. And that was a pretty decent electrocution scene. Yeah. I'm glad there wasn't like blue electricity yeah. shooting through the water. But man, it was quick and it was horrible. She had burn makeup on her arm too. I noticed that. Yeah, that was cool. I also really like the swinging light. Yeah. That was actually a really cool setup because it, it had me for from the first times in the movie going like, oh, what's going on here? But not in a confused, horrible way, in an actual like intrigued, invested way. Oh, I was, I was like, confused oh. because I was like, I was like oh, what is that? Because this movie has a little bit of everything. And honestly, if an alien showed up or a UFO, <laughs> I would have not been surprised. I did think ghost sphere. That was my first thought. Oh. I was like, oh, it's like a ghost or something. Yeah. Any, I, I would not have been surprised. Yeah. If they decided to just go completely weird with it. Yeah. Missed opportunity probably, but like anything else. It was still else. a really cool setup. And then um, DB finds Doofy and the reality of his friend being dead sets in pretty quick. It does. And that's when the lights go out, but the music keeps playing. So I'm not sure how that, what's happening there. So he goes uh, and he immediately is thinking about Lisa. Mm-hmm. So he's a good guy. Not thinking, he's thinking about somebody else. Yeah. And he ends up uh, finding Jordan Klepper dead and also Lisa dead. And he's pretty tore up about it. And obviously like one of the better actors in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he also gets stabbed while he's down in the basement. We don't see by who. It's just close up of knife entering then we have outside Joni's just walking outside and then Ringo Starr is creeping up behind her and then as he's stalking along a door opens up and it's David 
And he's just like, what is going on here? And they get into a tussle. He ends up disarming Ringo Starr and they kind of fight a little bit. And this whole part is a little confusing Mm -hmm. because Ringo Starr ends up on top of David and then pulls out another knife. Yeah. I think. And then he's going to, he's trying to stab David. David's like, you're crazy. And then DB comes out of the same door holding his his side because he's stabbed. He falls down and he goes, the knife. And he slides a knife over to David, who then stabs Ringo Starr. And that's it for him. You just don't even really get to see him. He's just kind of like shaky hand, mostly off screen dying. And then David goes over to DB, but DB has a knife in him still. And I was like, was it supposed to be that he took the knife out of himself and gave it to David earlier? Or was... I think it was the first knife that got disarmed. Yeah. And then I was like, did he really get disarmed? I was so confused by this whole thing. Yeah. But I think I just explained it, how it actually went down. I think. I think, too. Night Screams Magic. <laughs> cool bro moment, though. Slotting that oh, knife. Oh, yeah. And, and the moment they have together as DB passes away. It is pretty sweet. As they're covered in bo- both covered in blood. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Did anything really happen to David? I don't think he really got cut or anything. No, he didn't. But he seems pretty wounded from this fight afterwards. Maybe something did. Maybe that got cut. Maybe who? Uh, Night screams magic. <laughs> that bro moment is pretty cool. Yeah, I wouldn't say like I felt it, but I definitely understood where the characters were. Yes, in the story, and because DB was always a good pal. He was. Yeah, I was sad that he died. Not she. Not broken up by it. Just a little like, no, oh, yeah, that stinks. Uh, yeah. yeah kind of, he was a good guy. Yeah, he's the only character I actually grew to enjoy. For sure. I mean, David, I probably would a little bit more had he had more to do other than I'm distressed. Yeah. But anyway, David ends up going inside. He's pretty, at least just tired from the fight. And he finds Joni laying down in front of the fireplace. And it almost looks like she's dead, but she's not. And he lays down by her and he says something at this time. I played it back like a good six or seven times. And I don't know what the frick he said. Yeah, I don't know either. Because it was something like, at first I thought he said, I killed DB. Did he actually kill DB? Was he, did he stab DB in the basement? And then maybe DB followed him out? I don't, let's see, this is where I was getting confused with this whole ending part. Mm-hmm. Or did he say he killed DB? But then we get this, it doesn't matter because we get Joni talking about how she's like, I killed them all because they were getting in the way of us being together. So she's admitted that she killed all these people. Yeah. So yeah, it was her the whole time. And the whole dudes in the basement thing, like you said, red herring. Red herring. Ringo Starr strangled Lisa. And he killed his buddy. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah. And the people at the beginning of the movie. But then that does not, the confusion does not stop there. Because <laughs> there's more to come. Joni decides that because David is upset about everything, that she's just going to kill him now too, I guess. Which is weird because she's like, oh. All in love with him. Yeah. Yeah. She admits her love 
And then he's like, well, I'm just going to stab you. And he's, he's on his back. She's on top of him. He's holding her off very much similar to what happened earlier yeah. with him and Ringo. And then the parents arrive with the cop. The cop says, there might be trouble. Let me check it out. Cop goes inside and just says, drop the knife, kid. And he says it a couple times. And when no knife is dropped, he fires his weapon and then it cuts. Then we get a point of view and it's David's parents saying, hey, I'm glad you're okay. I'm glad this this could have been worse. How could it have been worse? You have a house full of dead kids. Well, there's one survivor. Yeah. Right. How could it have been worse? And then the doctor comes in and tells the dad, like, hey, there's this, this officer who wants to talk to you. So he goes outside and talks to the officer, and he explains to the officer, I don't really know what happened, but my son had hyperactivity problems since he was a kid and needed his medication otherwise he'd get violent then we get a shot of Joni laying in a hospital bed her both of her hands are bandaged and she just wakes up and chopstick starts playing what happened my guess is that the parents were talking to Joni yeah and that the cop shot david yeah because it obviously is way crazy dark in there. That's just how the film looks. And he assumed that he was being violent, but he was also in a submissive position. That's what I'm thinking, too. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Or is he still alive? And did he just shoot Joni's hands because they're bandaged up? The only thing that makes sense is that I think that David was shot. I think he's shot and dead, or he could be shot and still alive, because they don't show him, though. Yeah. And the parents don't seem all that upset. But then again, why wouldn't David just be like, yo, she murdered everybody? Right. That's why I think that David would have to be dead. I think he's dead. But then why are her hands bandaged? Right. It doesn't make any sense. Unless something was cut out, because they were also fighting near a fireplace. I wonder if maybe there was supposed to be like some type of fireplace action. Yeah. And they just were doing things on the fly and changed the ending. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know. It doesn't make much sense. And like, yeah. I looked it up on um, Wikipedia because usually there's a good synopsis on it. Yeah. And it's pretty straightforward that it's just a setup for a sequel and that apparently David get his shot. And I'm like, yeah, I guess he kind of maybe set up for a sequel, but I don't know how you would, like, sure, the killer lived. But you also know who the killer is. Right. Like, what are you going to do after that point? Mm-hmm. You know what I think this movie really needed? Really needed a scene where you think that David is the killer, because that is the other red herring. Ah, I think it was set up that way. It definitely was set up that way. Because how I said how the movie was shot... And it's a whole lot of him wandering about Mm -hmm. and everybody's wandering about. So there's a degree of until you see somebody killed, which generally is the case in a lot of slashers. Yeah. When you don't know who the killer is. Yeah. They get the the suspects get eliminated. Mm -hmm. And the whole David not having his medication, I think, was set up. Oh, easily. Totally. To make him seem like a killer. And that's also why I was able to figure out who the killer was the entire time, because at first I thought it was going to be the escaped, the the two escaped 
whatever convict, you would think it's those two. But then they just chilled out in the basement. And then I remember the person being released from the mental hospital. And I thought, oh, that that might be like David. Because mm-hmm. David has all those issues yeah. and he's taking all those pills. See, that's So then I, I thought that David would be the killer. But then I was like, no, that's too obvious because this movie is keeping it a secret. It's way too obvious. So I thought that was a red herring too. And that left one other person it could have been in my mind, which was the, the quiet girl. Because she's also like David where you never see her really in one location. She's solidly. got beef with everybody. She has beef with everybody. And she... Seems a little cuckoo. Yeah, she does a good job, almost too good, especially on the second viewing, even though I was confused with what happens at the end. On the second viewing, you are right. It is set up the whole time to be her. And the real thing is that line about where she came from a really nice place. That's a good tip off right there. I mean, could she have just answered the question vaguely? Mm -hmm. Sure. Mm -hmm. But a really nice place. Yeah, there's also the bit where the doofy comedian guy makes a joke about uh, electroshock therapy, yes. and she seems honestly like troubled by it. Uh-huh. That means she probably went through something like that. What would have been cool is having a scene where David, you kind of make him look like the killer, you know? Maybe you get him to have gloves on or something, you know? The audience goes, or, or some sort of thing where you're like, oh my god, he's the killer. And then you have him find a body. And then go like, oh my god, there's a body, you know, like freak out like he isn't the killer. Mm-hmm. And I always love scenes where like you could have had David like go around the house and just keep on stumbling on bodies. That's some of my favorite bits in like slasher movies <laughs> where they're just like they go into a room and there's someone like stabbed or whatever. And they're like, ah, you know, I mean, do you have more to say or do you want to get into like the what we thought of it and the ratings and all let's that? get into that. OK, for once, I'm going to go first. OK, I usually okay, ask yeah, you. Yeah. So our rating system, how we say movie, and whether or not we'd recommend it. And I'm going to say, this is a movie. I loved it. I, I highly recommend it to like anybody who hasn't seen it, especially if you're in the boobs. <laughs> but um, I mean, there's some pretty decent kills in it. I mean, they're not the most special effects wise it's just like tons of goofy little things in this yeah and it kind of it kept me interested and the acting was decent enough where or just bad enough where it kept me interested very poor sometimes and the the party oddly enough probably kicks in around like the halfway point Mm -hmm. and does kind of drag it down a bit but i don't know all in all i kind of liked it it's got a just a weird quality to it that I just really enjoy. I think this is a good one to watch with other people too. Definitely. This the is right a, people. Yeah. This is you could have fun watching this movie. Especially because everybody'd be like, but even if you're not paying attention, you're just gonna be like, is this movie all boobs? What's going on here? Again, if retro boobs are your thing, this is gonna totally be your jam. <laughs> Brennan, how about you? This is definitely a movie. I did enjoy this movie quite a bit. It was very entertaining. Uh, I love these sort of cheap old horror movies. They have such a distinct feel to them. Oh yeah, and and this movie, I feel like it was the um, the perfect blend of older people playing high school students, <laughs> bad acting, of horribly confusing plot, and just really cheesy moments. And it was 
highly entertaining. Yeah, I think they knew what they were doing when they made this movie. Yeah. I think they completely knew they were making a very self-aware movie. Because I feel the movie almost knows that it's this movie. And it feels like a couple of guys sitting around going, let's make some money. And you know what? Like, whatever we... We'll just make a slasher movie. They're big. And we'll put some dumb stuff in it, like your band, your your, your dance troupe, your... We've got flacensing for this porno movie. Mm-hmm. Whatever. And they just, like, mushed it all together. It definitely could be a better movie. There are some really easy fixes to it that would make it an actual good movie, but that isn't why you watch it. Right. But I think you would if it was good. Oh, certainly. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, one thing that I noticed with this movie, it has some of the worst audio editing I have seen in quite a while. There were so many shots of there being no noise in the scene except for the character's voice, or they would try to put in sound effects. Like I remember at one point someone like puts like a bottle down or something and they set it down and then like half a second later they play the noise for it or there's another point where a character drops a bottle and there's just no noise for it at all or that weird sauna scene where they're they're making making gross sweaty sauna love it was all like the wood was like creaking constantly in the scene too like you can just tell that they did or like the adr it was oh, really bad. Yeah, there was a lot of ADR. A lot of ADR, and it just did not match up. I mean, it was very entertaining because of that. Yeah. Yeah, I loved the audio editing because <laughs> it was so horrible. You loved it for being bad. <laughs> yeah, it was so bad. Okay, so that said, let's move on to our slasher trope checklist. Yeah. And what got checked off. Let's go with you first, just because that's where we've been doing it. Uh, number one on my list is three or more kills. This movie more than satisfies that. What's do you know the official kill count? Um, it's pretty high. Yeah, it's more, way more than three. Yeah, an emphasis on the kills. It definitely the whole scenes are dedicated to each kill. Uh, a killer is hunting prey. Quote. Yes, I'd say that is also satisfied. A main group of people being hunted. Absolutely, and a gimmick. It didn't really have a gimmick. That's one thing on my list that's missing. So under my checklist, yes, this is certainly a slasher. Ooh. All right. Well, moving on to mine. I have edged weapon kill, at least one. Definitely happens. Mm-hmm. Um stalking slash hunting of victims. That does happen as well. Yep. Peekaboo corpse. It happens, but unfortunately, it is from the footage of graduation day. <laughs> Nobody really stumbles on any bodies in this. Yeah. There's that one, though. And that was a pretty good one, too. It makes me want to watch that movie. Yeah. Where the dead girl just falls out of a locker. <laughs> yeah. Vice kill. That happens. Mm-hmm. Because Doug and his girlfriend make the whoopee and get killed afterwards. So that counts. Mm-hmm. And they're partying, too. Yeah. Body count of at least two victims. More than satisfied. So, yes, this is a slasher. We did it. We did it. Ah. Oh. Feels good. Uh huh. It would have been bad if Summer Slasher Camp had no slashers. Yeah, it would have been. But it also would have been bad too if we had ones that we didn't necessarily like. True. And I feel that we got the best balance of slashery things and just complete bonkers with this movie. Yeah. So delightful. Yeah, it was really wonderful. 
But I feel really good about mm-hmm. it. And I didn't even mind watching it the second time. <laughs> and honestly, it felt like there was less boobs the second time, but... <laughs> there was, yeah. There was but there's quite a lot. A lot. <laughs> there was a lot. Everybody's going to be like, oh, well, you guys keep talking about the boobs. There's a lot of boobs in yeah. this movie. Like, it's a lot. It's kind of... It's obnoxious. <laughs> but there's how much there is. And that's tough to say. Have you ever gotten bored by boobs? If not, this is your chance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, I thought of I thought about uh, putting a boob sound effect in every time we got to a part with boobs in it, but I couldn't find one that was satisfactory. Just like comical, like a boom. <laughs> Anything too springy would have sounded like a boner noise, and I didn't yeah. want to be like, yeah, yeah, I don't want people to think that we're getting turned on by this movie. <laughs> Absolutely not. No, not at all. No, honestly, I could I could watch all my movies without boobs and I'd be fine. Mm-hmm. As long as the killing's in there. Yeah. You want to be like, yeah, these people are, have sexy time. That's great. Yeah. That's fine. But I don't need the boobs. I'm not here for the nudity. Anything more you'd like to say, Brennan? Oh, I do recommend it. I didn't get to say that. Oh. I definitely recommend it with like cool friends. Maybe not any family members. Yeah, don't watch it with your kids. Yeah. I'm glad we did not watch this movie together. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, in the future, we might even have some virtual recordings mm-hmm. where we're not even in the same Dongle Den. Uh, Dongle Den 2 is <laughs> going to be established mm-hmm. and used on occasion. So hopefully we don't run into any technical problems with that, but that'll be interesting. But anyway, um, visit our Tee Public store. You got cool stuff on there. Get yourself a shirt. Look cool. Be a cool guy or gal or however you identify. We don't care. Bo- We're not You'll bothered. identify as cool once you get some <laughs> of our merch. Hey. Because <laughs> we like you just the way you are. Mm-hmm. But we'd like you better if you had a Corrupted Youth shirt on. <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. Tell you what, if I find you out in public and you're a complete stranger and you're wearing one of our shirts, I'm going to buy you a drink. Unless you're a toddler. <laughs> don't get your toddlers drunk. <laughs> They're terrible enough as they are. Anyways. Contact us. Write us an email. Tell us about your slasher list. Tell us about how much you love the Beatles. Tell us about Ringo Starr's crimes. Alleged. <laughs> Where do we contact? Where do we get contacted from? Well, that's a very good question, Brennan. Yeah, how do they, how do, they do that? I've got my, my notes here. Okay. Um, thumb through them quick. Ah, right here. Is that a drawing of Shrek? Oh, that's... Oops, wrong page. Why is he shirtless? Um, oh, nope, that's, that's Shrek covered in minions. Oh, <laughs> oh here it is. Corrupted Youth Pod. At, oh, at, at gmail.com. That's right, Brennan. Yeah. That is right. Yeah. Join us in the dongle then on Facebook. You could do worse. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to our listeners, the dongles. We love you guys. Hope you had a great summer slasher camp this year. I'm looking forward to doing it again. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind, make them slasher. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Next Please. time, recommend some slasher. Some real good ones. Again, not to discredit the other two. No. Because they were still really good. They were still excellent movies, and they were chosen by good people. Yes. Also, thanks to our fellow podcasters, like Richard from Hello, This is the Doom Show, who chose Night Screams for us to watch. Thank you. Can I call you Dick? I don't know if you can or not. That's why I asked, because that'd be kind of funny. And, uh, yeah. Hang in there, dongles. Bye.
Just had to go take a big dump. Gross, sweaty sauna love. We need the footage. Yeah. Let's do it, baby. Ch -ch -ch Chill out. Get your toddlers drunk.